Hello, everybody. Um, just a, a quick little content warning today. We are going to be discussing the porn industry, and there's a lot of stronger, stronger than usual language that we usually have. Um, it's a delightful conversation, but if that makes you uncomfortable, um, you know, you can listen to the first part of the show through Fat Watch, and then if you want to skip after that, feel free. Otherwise, enjoy. Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and uh, I'm a toasty boy today because we're recording in the afternoon, and uh, oh. my office kind of turns into a little sunbox. <laughs> uh, my name is Michael. I am a chaser, and uh, like Trevor, I am a um, I'm a I'm a sweaty, hardworking work boy <laughs> right now. It is it's a little roasty in here, and. Uh, well, suffice it to say, his show's about to get a little steamy, but Ooh. more on that later. My name is Don. I am a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a cool, cool, cool boy because I've got the AC on, I've got the fan on, and I'm not wearing pants. So, yay! <laughs> My name is Dan Oliverio, an author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I got to go to the gym today before we recorded, so I'm a little overheated. Oh, <sighs> boy. Um, so... Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun episode. Yeah, we got a show uh, for you, folks. To get to. Yeah, we so we've <laughs> we've done our um, our traditional format of recording the interview first. So we're coming off of the high of a of a rollicking conversation. Um, but before we get to that, we've got a couple. We've got good news. We have yeah, good it's stories all coming today. This week. Good news coming out it's, of England, of all places. Oh my yeah, God! Well, spoilers! It's just, never. Come on, we got to. Get, uh, we're we're getting there. We're yeah, getting there. But um, before we get to uh, England. Oh, we go to space, the final <laughs> frontier, deep space. So there is a new Star Trek show coming out to Paramount Plus called Star mm -hmm. Trek Prodigy, and it is animated. Um, and the reason I am including it is because uh, there is some body diversity in the cast by way of not just them being aliens, but there are, I would say, like two and a half fat characters. Um, yeah. They haven't released the names uh, or I guess all of the species in this new Star Trek show are new to the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just thrilled to see like there's not, a, there's two fat characters, a, um, yeah. a gelatinous alien <laughs> and sort of half. Yeah. yeah. And a round uh, robot. Yeah. Um, so the synopsis of the show um, is a Star Trek prodigy. Uh, will follow a motley crew of young aliens who must figure out how to work together while navigating a greater galaxy in search for a better future. These six young outcasts know nothing about the ship they have commandeered, a first in the history of the Star Trek franchise, but over the course of their adventures together, they will be each be introduced to Starfleet and the ideals it represents. So sort of a scrappy band of adventurers. Isn't, isn't an animated Catherine Janeway in this yes. show? Yes, she's the anchor. Yeah. But uh, I got to say, I am pleased to see it because you know what? Star Trek owes me some good fat characters because all they've ever given me are the race of Packlids, the large, fat, dumb people. That was their defining characteristic. So Star yeah. Trek, you got to do better. Yep. Uh, well, did we, hold on. Didn't we talk about one? We did. Um, like, I don't, I haven't watched Discovery, but you guys did Tilly, mention. Tilly is, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. She's not fat. She's just human. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she's just such a, she's a wonderful character. She is not a size two. 
Uh, and she's, I think, one of the most wonderful things about I, Star Trek I really Discovery. hesitate to call her fat because she's just very body normal. Well, yeah. Yes. As, exactly. far as, as far as representation goes, she's taking flack for her yes. size. Yes. Because everyone else so, on the show weighs about 13 pounds. Well, it's it's yeah. Hollywood. That's what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is exciting. And especially, I mean, it's it's a animated show. So they can look literally like however you want them to. It's nice to see that they made the choices they did. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on Fat Watch... Cruising right along to to England. Fat Watch 2021. News on the Fat (laughs) Watch. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I said that is because I, uh, I don't know, I just get so distressed that a lot of the really horrific news tends to come out of either China or England. And uh, mm. we've talked about two horrible things that came out of England recently, but this is actually a good thing. This is a, this is turning Yay, the corner. Yes. Um, the uh, um, the MP, a couple of uh, a committee of MPs, uh, which is the British Parliament, is calling for the end of BMI as a marker of health to stop using that as a marker of health, and that it principally just contributes to eating disorders. Wow, it's. Do we have a sense of the traction this is getting? Like, is this... I do not. And I'd like to see what that is. Like, is this just, oh, yeah, some women hollering about weight, so what? Or if it's actually being taken seriously. I mean... Yeah, I mean, because either way, it's a good thing, but it would be fantastic to see it sort of like take the world by storm by total accident. I mean, God bless them for trying, but I, I see an uphill battle against that one. There's a lot of money tied up in keeping BMI front and center. Well, especially in England, where again, because of the National Health Service, it is one of their. It is. It is a. a what do you call that? A uh, tent post pillar. Tent pole. Yeah. Tent pole. Pillar. Pillar. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a pillar. <laughs> Let's go with pillar, Michael. It's a. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Dan. Yeah, tent pole. I know. I know what Dan's trying to say. <laughs> it's tent pole, right? Yeah, <laughs> I it's think just, so. It's it's one of the things that is just holding up their whole. Uh, medical ethics is that fat people need to be stopped and 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 defatted, much like pillars. <laughs> <laughs> How do you defat a pillar? Um, <laughs> no, it's it, yeah. We've we've I think we have only had uh, pretty negative uh, news coming out of, of out of Britain. So this is a, a a welcome. In fact, it bumped the original Fat Watch for this yes. week. It was like such <laughs> a delightful surprise. Um, Take that, Lena Dunham. <laughs> I just, I know, I know, I just love that. Like, it's so bizarre. Just given, like, the last thing out of England was like the child snatchers driving around <laughs> and scooping up fat children because, like, you're bad, you're fat. We're gonna put you in the orphanage. And I'm sorry, I, there's no neutral news. Isn't that anymore. the plot of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> There's no neutral news anymore. It's either everything is great or everything is terrible. So, you know, if our show seems up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, blame yeah, the world. Don't blame us. Yes. <laughs> blame the world. Yeah, we're we're just the messengers. Uh, so, speaking of porn stars, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we have a special episode today. Um, we have a couple guests on the show that uh, we're really excited to talk to. Um, but before we get to that, there's sort of a setup here that... Um, Don had this idea a couple months ago, actually, to to reach out to people in the adult film community in in our community, in the Chub Chaser community, and try and start some conversations there. And, and Don, why don't you set that up for us a little bit? What was the thought process behind that? Well, so originally my thought process was, okay, I can smell the end of the pandemic coming up. And the reason why I could tell that is because I started getting invitations to pool parties in mm. August and September. And mm-hmm. uh 
I admit, like, I started getting really anxious about it because I'm already pre-pandemic. I was already a little uncomfortable going to a pool party. And then post-pandemic, like, I am I am not at my best right now. <laughs> I feel it's safe to say. So I started getting a lot of anxiety about it. And then I started thinking about, like, I know there are people out there like me who do porn, who have enormous followings. And I wanted to know the secret to your confidence and your um, hmm. ability to just live in your skin so comfortably. And I wanted to find out if you started in a place like me or if you ended up wandering there somehow. Um, and then, of course, just, you know, it's porn. Always curious. So, so who did we decide to talk to? We did yeah, so these boys. Yeah, so on the show we have with us uh, Brad and Jim, who are a couple. Uh, you might know them as Big Bear and Chaser on Twitter, Pornhub, and formerly XTube until they wiped out three quarters of their <gasps> entire library. No! Um, and yeah, just leveled the playing field. Um, and they also have their own uh, film review podcast called The Movie Bears Podcast, which is fantastic. You guys should absolutely go check it out if that's anything even remotely what you're interested in. Um, they're amazing. Welcome to the show, Brad and Jim. Thanks for coming. Oh, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thanks everybody. So glad to be here. It's so good to have you here. Yeah, we're <laughs> thrilled, especially um, we can come on a, po a podcast and talk to you know, people in our community that we've been kind of apart from for the last mm -hmm. 13 months. So, right. Um, oh my God, yeah. Some wow. friendly faces here. That's awesome. I'm just yeah. saying, if we don't see all of you in a pool sometime as soon as it's safe, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned. Big Bayou 2021. There we go. So we'll circle back around to that. <laughs> um, so, as Don was saying, like, it, it, there's, I think there's a lot of different viewpoints on like, I, like body acceptance, body image, and that translates directly into sex and porn and visibility and seeing fat bodies in the world at large or not. And it, as Don was kind of implying, I feel like it takes a lot of, I don't know, like maybe bravery is not quite the right word, but a lot of like. I believe confidence. the term you're looking for is chutzpah. Chutzpah, balls, I, I was like yeah, balls. To, to, to put yourself out there so boldly. Um, how did that start? I guess let's start with there. What, what's the beginning of this story? When did you guys first start doing that? So it's, it's funny actually. Um, we didn't, we didn't set out to like create a big porn following or anything. Uh, Jim and I were dating long distance back in 2009 and, uh, you know, we got to see each other every couple of weeks or so. And, uh, one time, <laughs> We were we were getting a little funky on the couch and Jim was kind of like, it might be fun to record this to enjoy when we're apart from each other. And I was like, well, all right, I guess. But is it just for us? And context back then, I was I was not um, as comfortable in my skin as I am now. So I was like, all right, well, if it's just us, that's great. But afterward, we're watching the video back and Jim is like actually, this is really hot. We should totally put this online. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, well, my face isn't in it. So, okay. Uh -huh. our, I, why not? No one's going to recognize us. Uh, three hours after the video was online, we heard from like 10 people who were like, uh, Brad, I, I know that's you in that video. I, I recognize the piece of shirt that was showing. Oh my God. That's Jim's wristwatch. So at, at that point, uh, the jig was up. Like people knew that we were doing that and um, people seemed to enjoy it. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. Like I knew the Chubb Chaser thing was a thing, but I, I didn't quite realize that like people really vociferously wanted to see that kind of content uh, on XTube. So it's kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah, it was it was really uh, surprising when 
you know, we have this video and it's just showing the action, right? And it's not showing our faces at all. And uh, people are still like, is that you guys in that video that here? And I'm like, uh, should we tell them it's us or should we just lie and say it's not us? And then uh, I think, you know, and I think over time we're like, okay, so if, if people are here watching this stuff, then they're here for a reason. They're not like, you know, great friends or coworkers that stumble across XTube videos uh, <laughs> about, you know, big men and chasers. So yeah. I think we kind of convinced ourselves that it would be safe to 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 kind of cross that barrier of, you know, putting our identities kind of out there uh, was in that, the videos. Was that a big concern? Was it like if our coworkers find out, oh, well, or was it like, oh, my God, they can never find out? <laughs> you know, uh, for me, I, I was working remotely at the time and, um, you know, working for a big tech company that I really don't think would care about those things as long as I'm not going on TV, like to represent <laughs> them and be like, by the way, I also do porn. <laughs> um, but, it's, <laughs> but it's interesting. I, I never, ever thought that like there, there would be like crossover anyway, that anyone would ever find that stuff until at Bigger Vegas, like six years ago, I get a call from my sister. And I'm like, hey, sis, what's up? And she's like, hey, weird question for you, but do you and Jim do porn? Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, well, one of my oh, coworkers no. apparently yep. follows you guys on XTube. And so she have the, you know, super hot porn. And, you know, he can't believe that, like, I know you. And I'm like, uh, what? No. So, uh, no. I love that. I'm love getting that. so anxious just listening to this. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, well, jig is up. Yeah, we we do porn and we put it out there and please don't watch it, sis. And by the way, I want oh, and by the way, I want to kill your friend. You well, know, for, no, you know, coming to you and saying, seriously. this is your brother I saw. Who says that to somebody's sister? Like, seriously? Yeah. No, what I love about this is it's actually the best and the worst of both. It's fantastic because on the one hand, okay, you're a close family member finds out you do porn and they find out that you have fans and one of their friends is a fan and like you couldn't ask for a better coming out in a way. <laughs> no, I, I have to, I don't know, I have to say gentle listener. <laughs> don't do that I think that's like the least least chill thing <laughs> yeah I mean, like yeah outing is bad of any kind mm -hmm, you know like mm -hmm. i don't think that the intent was to out i think it was just bald-faced excitement yeah i think that's what i think it was, it was too like yeah. oh my god your brother's you know internet porn famous and, That's the coolest uh, yeah. thing in the world. You yeah. know him? Well, I love that. <laughs> and yeah, let's not dance around the subject. Like you guys are very popular. Mm -hmm. You have yes. millions, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views across both your videos and the videos that people have taken and put in, put elsewhere on their own. Like very, very visible. I don't know at the time how broad it was, but definitely like very widely watched. Well, it's, That's it's. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, babe. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say, it's like, that's was never like the reason, like we don't, we're not guys who need to be famous or want to be famous. It's not why we do it. We just, we like, we, we enjoy making the videos. We certainly enjoy hearing from people coming up to us at events like, um, you know, Bigger Vegas or uh, Chubfest in Palm Springs or whatever mm -hmm. and saying, oh, you're the guys from the videos. And we still, that still happens. Like people who wouldn't normally meet us or even you know, want to talk to us for whatever reason, but they recognize you. Now you've kind of made a friend, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, it's, it's been great socially for us to meet people through that. Um, 
we certainly don't promote it um, on our own, you know, outside of the videos themselves. We, we're not promoters. I mean, neither one of us, we're both on Twitter. Neither one of us has like a OFF or a, what's the other one? Patreon for something. Just for fans. JFF. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. And and no no denigrating anybody. No. Does. But, it's just, it's something we do for fun and we do because people like to watch it and we have a little bit of a exhibitionism streak maybe. So if they, you know, want to want to see some hot action, maybe, you know, maybe we can help provide that. So. I do sometimes wonder how much money we're leaving on the table. I have no idea <laughs> how much money there is in that stuff. I probably, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to even ask, like, how much money do people make with this stuff? Because uh, then it would kind of, to me, it would take the fun out of it. I think, yeah. it well, it's I mean, a, it is often monetized. And if you're not monetizing it, I don't think you want to ask that question because it's a lot. Mm. I often wondered, like, th with the OnlyFans uh, model, where it's a subscription-based service, and if you're a couple on there, the the pressure that it puts on you to be constantly record, making videos, posting them on a schedule, like, it turns it into a business that you can engage with as much as you want, but people just leave if you don't mm. stay with it. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that would add a lot of pressure to be just constantly churning something out. Well, it's it's funny, Michael, because even not doing an OnlyFans or just for fans, there's at least for us, there's been a lot of pressure. Like we oh, yeah. hear from so many like faceless, you know, pictureless, <laughs> videoless profiles that are like, you haven't posted a new video in exactly three weeks, five days, 27 minutes and 18 <laughs> seconds. We need a new video now. And, you yeah. know, it's 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 fun that people enjoy the content. But you're right. When it starts to feel like something that is um, a job or it's giving you anxiety, it's not fun anymore. And that's why we yeah. do it. You know, so well, I, I think one of the things that comes along with let's call it a celebrity status, which is a nicer way of saying sometimes objectification, is that people feel like they own you. I, I'm sure you've experienced mm -hmm. that. They feel like they own you, whether or not they're paying for it. <laughs> like you you owe them you. Yeah, and they and you owe them fresh content all the time, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other the other side of that coin though, you know, I don't I don't like that feeling, Dan, you're right. I, but the other side of that coin is when somebody would come to you who you might find attractive saying, oh man, I really want to make a video with you or make yeah. a video with you guys. <laughs> so not only is it a way to make friends, but obviously there's a, there's an the added benefit there of, you know, people who um, maybe just don't have the, I don't know, the chutzpah to kind of make their own thing. They want to kind of join in, you know, they might want to join in. And we haven't done a lot of that um, in actuality, especially in the last, you know, 14 yeah. months, but uh, certainly something, we'd like to hear and um, might occasionally consider. Well, and I think it's important to say that the people who come up to you, you know, you're not, you're not charging for this. People are, are loving it. I, from my perspective, you're, you're doing, you're doing God's work. You're, doing, <laughs> you're, 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 you're giving, it's a service that people get to see themselves. People in our community get to see themselves in erotic situations, in erotic activity. And, that's important. I mean, Michael mentioned visibility before, and I think it's really important that that people be able to see themselves. And I think that's part of what you're experiencing when people come up to you is that sort of gratitude. Yeah, Dan, absolutely. And and the whole see themselves thing, though, it can go to another level. Pre-COVID, of course, when we would you know meet someone interesting and bring them back to our house, there's this thing where they're like looking around, 
with oh. all, you know. And it's like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're looking for the cameras. And it's like, no, we, we would we would tell you if the cameras were available. Yeah, that's that's freaked me out too a couple of times. Like, you know, actually, people actually truthfully thinking that because the only time they see us having sex is on a video, they assume that when I'm have if I was having sex with them yeah. or we were having sex with them, that it is on a video, you know, that mm-hmm. it is being recorded. Well, just let them and, know they have to sign the NDA first. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. And like 12 forms and triplicate for, yeah. for Pornhub and Xtube nowadays. And it, right. If you, mm. you're going to, and it's strictly performance based compensation at that point too. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you guys think makes your content unique? Like what, why you, what brings people to you? Well, I mean, certainly in in the community, right? Our community, Chubb Chaser mm-hmm. community. Um, you know, I have probably the hottest husband that uh, that I could imagine, and um, <laughs> I, I, other oh. people might think so too. Other chasers, um, but here's what I think it is. I think in most of our videos, I like to think that some kind of personal connection comes through, or emotional mm-hmm. connection between us comes through. It isn't just you know, a hard cock and a hole and, you know, bang, bang, and that's it. Usually, I mean, uh, we try and no, we're not scripting anything, but I think there's some kind of, um, you know, extra like personal angle to it. I think that's kind of what maybe separates our stuff. Brad, yeah, yeah, babe, that's, that's a good point. And also thank you for saying that. You're incredibly sweet. I love and adore you so much, sweetheart. Uh, I, I happen to think the same. I have a very hot husband myself inside and out. I would agree, though. Um, it's it's interesting. We know some other folks who, you know, make videos as well. And they actually edit out, like, the personal moments of, like, a little mm, smile oh. at each other or saying I love you. or Because they, they feel like those things maybe take away from what people want to see, which is, you know, the hard cock jamming in and out of that hungry hole. Uh, but for us, we we <laughs> okay. like to leave those things in because yeah. we, we do love each other. And, and this is really just capturing a moment in our lives, I think, when we're, you know, being intimate with each other. So um, there's certainly a big component of that. That said, though, we do try to up the production value a little bit by making sure that, you know, the lighting is adequate. Uh, it's hard to watch that hard cock if there's no light you know to like see what's happening. <laughs> but uh but we also we also sometimes film with two or three cameras we'll have like a couple set up on tripods you know around the bed and then we'll have a handheld that we'll pass around and um that's fun because we have a lot of different angles that we can work with and edit together but sometimes it does kind of take you out of the, the process a little bit too and it's like mm. i love mm. you so much babe yeah, rail my hole. That feels so good. Here, take the camera and film it. <laughs> Did we just move out of frame? We got to stop. You know what I mean? Uh, like, hold on. Let's, yeah. let's reset back to one. Yeah, right, exactly. And it's a fine line we walk between kind of really staying in that um, that moment of, you know, being excited and turned on and, you know, think, thinking about the shot and, you know, is this did the battery die and you know all that stuff so um that has happened and i think it's a fine line because i prefer to kind of keep it simple from the production side so that we can focus on each other right and and make the actual content uh shine instead of the production value i don't know if that makes any sense but no it makes complete sense yeah yeah 
And I think it's really, it, it's even more of what I was saying about people. People want to see that. People, I mean, you, if a lot of, a lot of chub chaser porn or bear porn can, can be that mechanical fucking, but you know, that's not as authentic or I don't know. I, I'm going to say inspirational because people aspire to have a relationship in our community yeah. like that. Mm. And they aspire to have a partner who is sexual and intimate and loving and to see that it's not only possible, it's actual. I think it's and huge. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's the whole, to me, that feels like the whole point of the sort of amateur porn revolution that happened online, which is you had, you used to have only produced, you know, paid for high production value porn. And now you have couples and solos doing their own thing with a level of authenticity that did not exist before. And I feel like that is the draw. Like if you want pre-produced, like, you know, no real emotional connection, like just watch two guys fuck, like that's out there too. And so by contrast, you can also find real couples who are in love with each other and are doing this like you guys do. Um, which does create a, a unique experience. And I feel like that's kind of the point of online porn for, for a lot of people at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's not to say that when I've, when I've watched videos of other people that I haven't fast forwarded through all that other stuff, just to get, <laughs> just to get to, I mean, I will be totally transparent about that. <laughs> Sometimes you just have a job to that's do. Right. That's right. That's right. You're, you're, you've got 10 minutes for your gentleman's time. And when that time is up, it's up. So you got to mm. hurry along. And that includes cleanup. That's true. That's true. Um, so obviously you guys are kind of a, a beacon of representation when it comes to porn, but um, how do you see fat male representation being served or thwarted in mainstream media? Um, are there any examples you like really like or just kind of find egregious? Boy, um, as a chaser, uh, I that's something I, I look for a lot um, when I see uh, a big guy character in anything um, pop up. I'm like, ooh, he's really cute. I, you know, what are we going to get out of him? And then typically we'll get... Uh, the worst scenario is, you know, he just ends up being kind of the butt of, you know, uh, of the jokes. He's the, mm-hmm. you know, the stereotypical slow guy, uh, guy who eats a lot, you know, holds down the group, you know, holds up the group from doing whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To more subtle things like, oh, you'll have all these characters hooking up, you know, in romantic scenes, but never the never the big guy. Never. You know what I mean? Never, mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. gets that moment on the screen and and that, and that's disappointing uh obviously for me but i there, there's obviously a bias there that it's it's disappointing but it's also enraging a little bit like these people don't get um equal weight pardon the pun um mm. in in terms of script and in terms of ideas in a story it's just kind of crazy brad i know you you have the same thing when it comes oh. to pairing yeah. people <laughs> well, I mean, we, we all have the things that we like and whether it's heavy men, hairy men, you know, whatever that is, we, we like, I, I think, to be able to see those things represented on TV and in movies and ads and whatever. And it's interesting, mm-hmm. even, you know, like even like a, a muscular bearish type that you might see on a TV show, uh, you know, there's a pool scene and it's like, yes, he's finally going to be shirtless and jump in that pool. I can't wait to see that. Everyone else is shirtless, but the bear, for some reason, is wearing a muscle shirt into the pool. And it's like, right. you're six feet and 240 pounds. It's not like you're, you know, a huge guy. Like, why are they making him keep his shirt on? You know, I, I don't get it. And 
I have a wide range of guys that I like too. I I I don't know if any of you folks are Game of Thrones fans. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Okay. Oh uh, yes. Rabbing, raving, two, two, yes. two. yes. All right. So the Samuel Tarley character, the actor who played, oh, him, so good, so yeah. good, right? And and also very cute. And so Jim and myself are watching Game of Thrones for seven fucking seasons, whatever it was. Excuse my language. Three like, times. We just need a shirtless Holy scene. Shit. We need a shirtless scene. Like, oh, oh, he's gonna have sex now. This is awesome. He's gonna get shirtless. Nope. The whole thing takes place with all of his clothes on. And to and top it all like, off, he was like one of the few stable, loving, healthy yes. relationships there. Right. It would have been nice to have seen that been see that represented sexually, but absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, if I can watch seven seasons of like perky tits and and big female booties, like why can't <laughs> I see a big guy with a shirt? Mm-hmm. And not only that, I mean they make him dress up in this giant coat that like mm-hmm. from you know, I, I don't know, like that's down to his knees, uh, and you know, makes him look like a Dalek. You know, robot. Uh. Basically, um, the coat never comes off, even during his sex scene. Uh, which, yeah. Are you serious? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The coat, the giant coat. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. It's, it's and uh, nuts. so that's one one uh, bad example. Yeah. Um, uh, you guys watch Cobra Kai at all? Oh, love uh, it. Don did. Don. Paul Walter yeah. Hauser. Yeah, oh, that know, was yeah. an uncomfortable role. It was, although I just actually listened to that episode, which you recorded on my birthday, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for that birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> about Paul Walter Hauser. And I, I love that you bring that up, Jim, because even though the, the character was weird and problematic, he was wearing a karate gi with all that chest hair popping out all the time. You mean beating up high school kids in the school? <laughs> I mean, that, that problematic. problematic. I don't know. <laughs> But he was doing it while but hot. But he looked hot doing <laughs> yeah. it. Exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> but it, no, but at least he wasn't eating a fucking salami sandwich and you That's know, soaking in the corner. You know. Man. Yeah. That drives me crazy because it's like, yep. I think a lot of people just assume, oh, you're a big guy. You must be a gainer. You must be someone I, you know, want to see eating. And mm. um, I don't know, like, you know, at least in, in our community, obviously there's a place for that and no shame to that at all. But it's just weird, like in movies and film. If there's a big guy, it's like they have to be seen eating a messy hot dog or a messy sandwich. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. You know, well, and, and I think uh, it goes the other way too. Jim. Do you experience this where if you're a chaser, you must want to see a big guy eat because why else would you be with him? Uh, I mean, I get I, I. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I think that's what the community thinks I want. That's what right? I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, not that that's nope. true, but just nope. the expectation. I love, I love big men. I mean, I, I like everything yeah. about big men, right? I don't like one particular aspect generally. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever I see characters like, you know, the uh, what, what's the what's his character on the show? Help me out. Stingray. What is it? Stingray. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's. Is yeah. it Stingray? Uh, are we yeah. back on Cobra Kai? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's very overt what they're doing with that character, but there was definitely some at the beginning like, oh, here's the big yeah. guy who's signing up for karate. He can't be any good. He's big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's big. And it, it was there. It was more subtle than I've seen in a lot of shows, thankfully, but still, it was there. As a side note, I can't help but point out that in the third season, both the fat characters are just gone. Ah. Oh. I know. Like men, yeah. They're written off with one sentence right. in the first episode. The girl, right? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I liked, I loved her character. She, she was, was amazing. She was, she was great. She, yeah. One yeah. of the few times I've really seen myself in a uh, a show like that. 
Well, I think that's because in so often in those shows, the character arc of the fat character, if they're not going to be just comic relief and eat themselves through the scenery, the, the arc of the character is, isn't it amazing how they're not stupid and incompetent? Uh-huh. <laughs> and once you've shown that, they have no function anymore. There's yeah. no, they're, not of, they're not of story value anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah, you've done your your social justice good work for the for the season. They can they can fuck right off. Now, now. get out of here, you fat fuck. No one wants to yeah, see exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> like, we don't need yeah. we don't need you anymore. That's right. Literally happened in an anime I watched this morning. Like this this woman whose magic powers come through food has been getting larger and larger over the course of the season. Everyone keeps making more and more fun of her. And mm. then when the big demon enemy at the end tries to kill her, she transforms into a beautiful, live, thin woman who now has uh, all the power that her fat larval form gave her. It was just like, what? oh, fuck you. But I feel like that's a common theme in a lot of these shows where even if it's not during the show, like the mean, competent character was mm. fat as in the prehistory mm. or you that know, sort of thing. You know what I want to see, Don, because I, I love anime as well. And, and I think back to some of the old Sailor Moon cartoons. For once, I want to see the like skinny, pretty girl or guy go through a transformation sequence with sparkles and rainbows mm-hmm. and ribbons, <laughs> and it turns them into a big person. Who oh, is that'd be awesome! Beautiful. How neat would that be? That would be such a cool reversal. The closest I can offer up to that is a bug's life. Do you remember the the big bug goes yes. into the cocoon, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and when he comes out, he's still a big bug, a big <laughs> but he can fly now. You know? <laughs> <Is it Heimlich? laughs> It's a beautiful butterfly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love Heimlich. <laughs> well, it's one of the few times where a fat character doesn't have to sacrifice their body in order to become powerful or amazing mm-hmm. or interesting. You know, it's it made me happy. Sorry, tangent. See. You put me. No, there. it's fine. And I'm <laughs> I'm trying to think of an of a pot of a really good example of uh, a, a large guy or a big guy or a person um, being used in the show, other than for their large body. Um, yeah, I mean, we well, just watched, so we just watched a whole movie um, called Best Summer Ever that has both um, abled people and disabled uh, or differently abled people in it, mm-hmm. and never did they call attention to any of the disabilities in any in any oh, of the that's characters, cool. which was nice. fucking amazing. If they could do that with with fat people, uh, you know, big people, I would be over the moon. Uh, maybe you guys have an example, but I, I can't um, think. Of I mean, one so my head. We talked about this on the podcast before. It might come up again uh, next week <laughs> in the Chubbies. Um, but super oh. intelligence mm. with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. So there McCarthy. is um, s- such a diverse cast in the sense of there are so many fat people in the movie, and it's not a thing. It's just they exist. There are fat people. It is normal. I'm going to talk and all like, about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's wonderful. And like, that's my goal. Like, I think that's the goal is like, it is just. A thi- like not a thing it's just there people, well, it, can, people can be fat without it being like they're stupid or they're on a journey to not be fat anymore like what's, what's the exist. thing that just came out trevor with um Liz mccarthy uh, uh thunder thunder force thunder I, force if you want to see a fat girl throw a bus throw a city bus <laughs> yes. you go see thunder force. Oh, i'm looking forward to seeing that and yeah, who doesn't I'm want to see a fat girl throw a city bus i mean mm-hmm. absolutely I, yes just say on my bucket list <laughs> <laughs> i i have one really great example that i can think of um, Lilo and Stitch. So oh, yeah. Dean DeBois, yeah. who, who mm. wrote and directed Lilo mm. and Stitch, includes this moment where Lilo walks up and sees a big guy with an ice cream cone on the beach, and she's just like, you're beautiful. Mm. And it's not from like a weird child sexual thing. It's just, she's just like, oh my God, you're a stunning person. I remember seeing that in college mm. uh, before I found the Chub Chaser community. 
And I was like, wait, what? Like that can be a thing. And that's actually yeah. one of the things that helped me find it. I, I just did a, a web search back then. It was Netscape that you went to. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. And I just searched for big as that's beautiful. A yeah. And I found all these like BBW, you know, big, beautiful women, big, handsome men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank goodness there are some things like that, even a few and far between. Uh, to introduce people, I think, to the idea all of the, all the big Vikings and uh, how to train. Yes, your dragon, how to train right? your dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, <laughs> Dean, you know, amazing. Well, because yeah, well, Dean is of our community and very, yep. and that's something that's important to him. Right. Absolutely. So I, I'm wondering what you think of the. I mean, there's your porn, and we've talked about like how I think that personally for me, I think it serves an amazing function. It serves a it serves a really valuable purpose, but in general. How do you guys see porn? Do you do you see it as a way to ex, as like this idealized fantasy that people can 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 get behind and aspire to? Do you see it as uh, necessarily objectifying people and taking them away from int intimacy? I, I have you managed? It sounds like you kind of managed to split the difference. But what do you what do you think of the industry or the what's out there? Because you you see a lot of it. I'm gonna let Brad take this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean. I love porn. Porn is amazing. It serves a wonderful purpose. Sometimes you got three minutes to do a job. Like we said earlier, porn got you covered. Uh, sometimes you can take the time. It, it's absolutely wonderful. I think, though, like with anything, there is a potential downside, though. Uh, you know, with porn, it's great because you can kind of fantasize yourself into the scene that you're watching. Or you can be like, oh, man, I really love that chaser. He's so hot. I want to, like you know, somehow meet him someday. Um, but it, it can cross the line between sort of that healthy stuff. And Dan, you mentioned objectification. That's such a great mm -hmm. word because we've even seen it like, you know, when we're at events, I think Dan, we saw you at MCA last several years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and someone came up to me at that event who was like, oh my gosh, we really love your videos. They're super hot. I was like, oh, thanks. Really glad you like it. And like, as we're talking, the hand just inches closer and closer <gasps> across the water yeah. until uh -huh. he's rubbing my belly, which, yeah. all right, consent is sexy, but like we're at an event, we're in a pool. Okay. But then all of a sudden his hand was going to my dick. Didn't mm -hmm. ask for permission. It's not mm -hmm. like we were making out first, you know what I mean? To initiate things. He just yeah. assumed yeah. that because I had done porn that like it must be completely okay to reach out oh. and start doing what I, I I I I hate to burst your bubble but he would have done that even if you hadn't done porn. Well, there maybe. is there is <laughs> there is an authorization that chasers give themselves which is quite distasteful that oh we're at an event we're at an event and you're on the buffet. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I think that could probably be heightened if you know he's seen you in sexual positions. He's imagined himself in those situations with you, and now he's just following through on the pool and in his name. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you obviously, <laughs> in his mind, want it to happen. So right, you know, yeah. I think otherwise yeah. you wouldn't be doing porn. I mean, well, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's kind of a, a mixture of both because, I mean, I've experienced that exact. Uh, you know, crossing of lines. Oh yeah. Um, and the, the there's someone in the community who is very known for this uh, behavior that I'm not going to say, but oh him, I know yeah. Him. People people know you know listener. I think um, I know already. Oh, yeah. But just like oh okay, so like I'm like sure, but like that's very bold, guys. I'm right here. You don't have yeah. to. Talk and it's like <laughs> and I, I think it's the thing where like when someone even like 
the, you know, we talk a lot about objectification in the podcast, but like, you know, I have a profile on Big Rossini and someone spends a lot of time, you know, jerking off to the pictures I have there and they create this, you know, they, they have this one-sided experience of intimacy or even just like uh, erotic fantasy and it has been built up. So they're just like, okay, like it's there. It's so insular that they don't get that. Like it's one-sided. Yeah. Trevor, if you don't mind a question, I'm just curious because you're a very mm-hmm. handsome big man as well. Do you ever mm-hmm. feel like you're like a belly support system? Like just a, a walking belly on legs. That's your only purpose. <laughs> yes, but I don't know. I, as long as the objectification is consensual, which usually it is because I've talked about, you know, I, I do like being objectified. There have been times where it's just like, like in the pool at Bigger Vegas, it's a whole other thing. The sexual temperatures turned up, but I've had like, I'm in the, um, the hospitality suite and it is like, I feel like that is like a more like, like, okay, we're here to be like social human adults Mm. (laughs) and someone comes up to me and talk to them and like, they're not listening you know, the gaze is down and they're just lifting up my shirt. And I'm like, oh, like, no, okay, no, like, hey, down boy. Like, thank you, but yeah, <laughs> thank you, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you do get that sense of dog humping your leg in, mm-hmm. in those settings. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, can be that well, way sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I wonder, I wonder if that what that indicates is that the objectification is not in the medium. The objectification is not in the porn, it's in the viewer because they seem to take that wherever they mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I yeah, think I, there's oh go ahead, man. Go ahead. And I I think that um you know the the objectification, especially the physical objectification, um sometimes I think it's it's it can be more um you know fetishized through porn, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. there's such a uh, a varied uh there's so many different categories of even big guy porn, right? There's there's belly porn, there's ass porn, there's, you know, mm-hmm. cum porn, wh- whatever you whatever you like. So a person out there with a specific fetish or fetishes can zoom in on those things. And maybe that reinforces their fetish a little bit um, mm-hmm. so that when they when they do get in a real world situation, it's hard for them to mm. kind of think of, hey, this is a real person that has mm. things outside of my fetish areas that, you know, are, are valuable and beautiful and, you know, worth um, worth discovering. But yeah, maybe porn, look, our sexual side as humans is a beautiful thing. It's a gift, right, from God. Like, we, this is something that we're here to enjoy. And I think porn is, as long as it's healthy and nobody is, is being harmed uh, in the making of it and it's legal, I think it's, it's all great. I think there's too much of a negative um, connotation around porn because of the, the, the outliers, right, the, the, mm. the bad stuff that's happened in that world but i think that you know i i think it's perfectly natural i think i love um that porn is available to us but like i said i think it can be in specific cases of maybe fetish objectification it can be taken a little too uh too far yeah Yeah, i I think it's just a really great point that it it kind of comes down to the user sometimes dan you had mentioned that like you know, certain behavior from chasers, that authorization, I I would even say just people in general, you know, because Mm. when they're in the fantasy of watching porn, they have a certain view of how they want things to go and who they want that to happen with. Um, I think that behavior can be universally applicable. I think people just sometimes have a problem separating the mental fantasy 
from like the real logistics of like maybe meeting that person. It's one of the you things know? I was wondering mm-hmm. about. It's like because you can go find your fantasy, your specific fantasy, so many different ways delivered just for you. Do you start to expect that's just how things are supposed to work in an ideal situation? Like, and and that you expect that out of everybody that you find attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm put in mind of the American who goes to Europe or like France, you know, in America, it is. I would joke with my with my uh, international students that in America, it's almost impossible to find an American who will just order the dish as it's written on the menu. Americans have to adapt it. I'd like it with this on the side or no, not that or this. And you can't you can't really do that in Europe. <laughs> and so I think this also translates into our porn. Like like what you were saying, Don, it's it's I this is how I order it when I get mm-hmm. it in, in America and this is how I expect it to show up. And then you go to France and they're like, no, it doesn't come that way. You can't have it like that. Well, and have uh, you been <laughs> eavesdropping on our, have you been eavesdropping on our drive through experiences? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get him started. Don't get him started. No, I, I think that's such a, a fantastic thing to call out because I, I see it happen for me personally. Um, I'm a, I'm on, on the BDSM spectrum. I'm a dominant chub sexually. I'm mostly top. And so there are folks that reach out sometimes uh, because I have produced some content like that that are like, oh, my God, I'd love for you to tie me up when we get together. Mm. That'd be amazing. And I'm like, I've got eight kinds of rope. Which kind should we use? (laughs) But then you get there and all of a sudden what started out is like, I'm just going to tie this up and we're going to have some fun becomes this like order from the menu thing of, well, do you have handcuffs? Do you use the handcuffs? You have black handcuffs or silver handcuffs. You use silver handcuffs, and so um, mm. man, I'm so familiar with this; it's ridiculous. Are you? Have you <laughs> had some experiences? Oh yeah, it's like it's like I want you to dominate me, but now I want to run the show. Like uh-huh. no, that's not how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> but do this to me. Yeah, you, you clearly you to... do not understand power exchange. Okay. <laughs> well, it's because you... it's only ever been in their head, right? And it's always been it's only it's always been exclusively what's been in their head, and so it's it's you feel like you are just there to fulfill a masturbation fantasy. Yeah. And, and for them, I think it's, this could be my only chance to fulfill the fantasies I've had for, you know, however long. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I damn well better ask for what I want and get what I want. Got to get it, your money's worth. But it, <laughs> <laughs> even if there's no money involved, that's no, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. But they, but that's back to when I said right. how they feel like you owe them because you exist in a public, in a public setting. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, ha- you have to yeah. approach it like the, the in and out menu, limited <laughs> options, but there are some select customizations you can make. And there's also a secret menu. I'm ordering monster style. <laughs> a, next a very time. large yes. secret menu. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the type of guy who like, I mean, Brad is way into the, the BDSM thing. And I find it fascinating to watch that happen um, with various boys that he, um, that he might, might encounter. But uh, Although I don't partake, it's like, I just want to get in and have fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And fuck and, you know, <laughs> suck and make each other feel good. That's all I really care about. And um, so for me, there's a lot of porn that I can, I can enjoy. You know what I mean? And that I don't have to like narrow in on one thing. Here's the thing. Even though there, there are some downsides. I mean, porn has been a super positive thing for us. I, you know, growing up on a farm in Michigan, and Jim hears me say that a lot. Uh, I never thought that I would like be doing porn as an adult and we've been putting videos out for 11 years now and it's Mm. just something we enjoy doing and and we enjoy that people enjoy like anything. 
I think there's always going to be downsides, like the guy who comes up to you in hospitality and is like, you have 332 freckles on your body and I've knocked out all of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. But for the most part, it's a super positive thing. So like to, to any big guys who are maybe out there and who are kind of like seeing big guy porn out there, I've thought about maybe putting something out, you know, as long as like your, your job and your family like won't necessarily be threatened or affected. Um, I would love to see you do that. I think yeah. everybody would love to see more big guy uh, and chaser content out there. So I'm, you know, along the porn question, every time I do a search on Pornhub or wherever I go <clears throat> for porn, uh, it's just so nice to put in the words chub and just see hundreds and hundreds of videos. Of oh, well, now. Yeah. yeah. Can I just put in a word here? I feel like we have to, I, I need to make a disclaimer about events because it's sounding like events are these horrible fetishistic orgies that why would anybody want to go to that? Can I just say that there are just as many people on the way on the other side of the spectrum who yes. are so terrified and so shy that they're hiding behind the plants and they're just trying <laughs> to work up the, the, the nerve to come out from behind the plant. And so you, you, you do get the extremes at both ends. Yes. Or like Trevor hiding in the bushes with his pizza crust. Yes. <laughs> Hissing at people. Hissing. You know, as far, as far as events go, I always, um, you know, feel for the guys, like you mentioned, Dan, that are just kind of wallflower, just kind of mm. kind of too shy to even put themselves in the hospitality suite, for instance. Or, they, right. you know, they might just walk through and not even look at anybody. And I think that's that's awful. And, I, you know, if if there's an opportunity for me to, just say hi to somebody and smile and make them feel more welcome. Great. You know, no mm -hmm. sexual, anything, no pressure. That's fine. But these events, you're right, Dan, these aren't just giant, massive orgies. These are kind of a choose your own social and sexual, if you want adventure, mm -hmm. right? Mostly yeah. social. It's, yeah. it's 95% social and 5% sexual. And like, that's been my experience. Yeah, You'll laugh, but Dan was telling me some of the things about these these events, and I was a little nervous. And then he's like, "And then there's a game room," and I'm like, "So I'm in <laughs> so, <laughs> game room." Yes. Well, and, well, and, for the, and for the listeners, he, I really do mean a game room. That's not a euphemism. Yeah. For something. Yes. It, 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 <laughs> it really is. Would that be it really is oh. so wonderful. I, I I refer to it as as a choose your own adventure because ha. you can you can make it whatever you want it to be. If you just want to see the four walls of your room and a parade of guys coming in and out. You could make that situation probably happen. If you mm -hmm. want to balance your time between social and sexual, super easy to do. Best advice I have is just make hay while the hay is, you know, there for the making, yeah. you know, take advantage. <laughs> Don't stick on the wall, you know, the whole event and then be mad that nobody and then complain you, mm -hmm. yeah. and complain that the event is terrible. You know, um, I've, I've thought a long time about maybe writing something that's sort of like a guide for people who have concerns about well, the event. They want to know how to navigate the event because there are certain because an event is just a different space. No one is, no mm. one is equipped to go to an event given their daily life. It's mm. just well, a different th situation. That's why we're going to be doing a whole episode on events. That's oh my gosh. That's true. <laughs> that sounds yes. amazing. I can't wait to listen <laughs> yes. to that. Yeah. A list of tips would be a great yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what I That's what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. 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 And uh, the, the upside is, is if you do porn as well, people might recognize you at the event and you just oh, get yeah. some new friends. So I was... Go Even if you don't do porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. I like the idea that doing, yes, doing porn has a variety of different benefits and values depending on why you're in it and why you start, but also just the baseline contributing to the normalization of different body types doing all kinds of sexy things that doesn't like, yes, there is 
a reason why fetishes are so hot because they are something you can tune into that isn't the mainstream, but also bringing just the broader acceptance of what's quote unquote normal or acceptable up to the level where somebody who shows up an event who might have been uncomfortable in their own skin is maybe less so. And is it maybe able to have that first hello instead of just fading into the background, maybe a little afraid. Like if we can keep people moving in the direction of self-acceptance and normalizing fat bodies, I think that is gold. That's very well said. And, and mm-hmm. you're right. Like just expanding that envelope of what's, ex- what's acceptable, normal, and pleasurable. Right. And just yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. kind of expand that into uh, more inclusive of, of other body types. Absolutely. You know, speaking of making things inclusive for all bodies, I have Ooh. a really great tip today. Ooh, what's your tip? Um, so this is from Mechanic Shop Femme, who is a lovely fat lady who is doing a survey on cars for bigger bodies. Um, and she is asking people to submit this, uh, sorry, submit information about the cars they drive on this form. She's asking for people, um, women over a size 24 and men over 46. Okay. And how they carry their weight, pant size, et cetera. And basically her hope is to create a database of fat friendly cars. There is a video she shared on Instagram, which I'll have Michael splice in the audio. Being fat means I'm 80% more likely to die in a car crash and often won't even be able to fit the seatbelt in a car. It's your favorite queer automotive educator. And while I can't fix that, I am studying the best cars for bigger bodies and using that data to create a database to help folks find cars that fit in a non-humiliating way. I think this is the, the coolest thing in the world because it's so specific that it's going to be incredibly helpful. Yes. It's not like there's there's value to like a broad study of whatever, but this is like so tuned into what will actually help somebody if this is like they're looking for it. Like Dan, you were, yes. we talked about this yes. like a few <laughs> months ago, but you guys are looking for a new car that'll be more comfortable for Trevor without having to be, you know, a boat. Well, <laughs> and what drives me crazy is even if you get a boat, it's the same size chair. It's the same <laughs> yes. tiny mm-hmm. little bucket seat with, yeah. I mean, acres of console. And That's cars not what I want in the car. Cars can be very deceptive. <laughs> I remember when I was shopping for a car, the Volkswagen Beetle was one mm-hmm. of the biggest cars interiors well, that I encountered. Because it's a sphere, yes. It was yes. enormous. <laughs> well, but John, it looks small on the outside. I love that you called it out. I was car shopping about five years ago, and I, I really had my heart set on a Mustang. But I was like, there's no way that car is going to be big enough for a big guy like mm-hmm. me. And I got in that car to test drive it, and I was perfectly comfortable. I'm like, oh, oh I'd love to hear that. Room. So, oh, mm. you know, but it is one of those things where it's like yep. Jim was car shopping a year ago. We were trying to find something comfortable for us both. And as a big guy, it is so embarrassing to have to, like, sit in yeah. the seat and check the seatbelt while the salesperson is wondering, what the fuck are you, mm, like, yeah. doing? Mm. You know, why are you getting it's, into eight mm. different kinds of car? You know, it's, it's daunting. It, it, it is. It's daunting task for a big guy. To yeah. be able to find a car that number one that they like and want to drive, and number two, you know that fits them, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So how cool that this video is coming out! Thanks for putting that on the radar. I think that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, gentlemen, would you care to join us for our bit today? I'm hoping you'll stick around. Oh, sure. Please do. Please yeah. Do. Excellent. Yeah. You'll have it as an homage to you. I have combed the internet. I have looked high and low to find the best possible porn movie titles. Of all time. <laughs> all right. So what we have here is a list of some, they're, they're all porn parody movies because 
you know, you need you need to know what we're getting into here. Uh, mm. But so I'm going to present a f- list of five movies to you, four of which are real, one of which is not. And the game is figure out which of these titles is not actually a porn movie. All right. Okay. Okay. So starting out, I thought we'd go into the world of adventure movie porn parodies. Right. <laughs> nice. These are fun. We have the YA. They're they're refreshing. They're action filled. They're great. So Indiana Boner. We have Harry Squatter and the Sorcerer's Bone. <laughs> I feel like I've heard of that before. I don't know how or why, but Shaving Ryan's Privates. Mm. We've we've yes. Okay. Yeah. Missionary <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Drill Bill. Uh. <laughs> and Topping Gunner. <laughs> okay. Huh. Four so we're of looking these for the are ones real. And we- yes, it is possible we've heard them before. I've intentionally picked some ones that are kind of famous mm. on some of them. Yeah. So uh-huh, I think uh-huh. I think the fake one is Topping Gunner. Topping Gunner. I, I, I second that. Yeah, okay. I think the fifth option. Third, that. Third that. Three of you. Three of you are on Topping okay. Gunner. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh. It's unanimous. Oh. I, know, I know for a fact that Drill Bill is real. I think. I'm pretty sure we've seen oh. clips of that. But watch me be okay. wrong. Watch me be wrong. All right. All right. The answer is Topping Gunner. You are oh, all correct. Yay. Everybody gets one point. Ding, ding, ding. You know what I think right, it is? It's a wash. I, I picked it because I couldn't imagine an American knowing what a knowing that there's a name Gunner. Like Gunner. <laughs> I, I just want to hear oh. I just want to hear the line in the movie, talk to me, Luce. <laughs> well, I've, I've actually done searches on all of these, so I've confirmed that there are not movies, because I came up with a big list of the fake ones here, and almost all of them had been made. I was shocked. <laughs> Nothing um, goes right. to waste. <laughs> Moving, uh, you know, just to show that it's not all movies, we'll do mm-hmm. one section of TV shows. So in case mm-hmm. you're more of a TV person, which of these is the fake? Orange is the new bareback. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Lair. <laughs> nice, nice. Gay of Thrones. Dawson's Crack. <laughs> or Dynastud. Oh, number two, Buffy. Buffy, we have one for Buffy. Yeah. I'm going to say Buffy because I know I've heard that as a joke before. Okay, we got two for Buffy. Orange. Uh, uh, orange, orange the New Bareback. We got one for the bareback. Orange the New Bareback. I'm going for Dynastud. Got one for Dynastud. <laughs> I'm going to say Buffy because of the legal trademark issues of using Buffy. Buffy. Yeah, the title. Uh, I think that's, okay. It's very clever. Uh, All right. And the correct answer. <laughs> the <laughs> fake <laughs> show <laughs> is Orange is the New Bareback. Oh. Jim okay. pulls into Jim. the lead. Well done, sir. Pulling oh, ahead. Wow. <laughs> Jim getting it right when it comes to barebacking. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Man. I, I just thought it was experience. too much of a leap to turn a show primarily about uh, that where any sex in it was was lesbian sex into a bareback mm. gay male sex. I, I, uh, that's a good thinking. Point. Good thinking. We have a little strategy really, going on here. You're thinking about this a lot more than a I am. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's bring some classic movie parodies into this. Uh, so of these five, Tits a Wonderful Life. <laughs> oh God. Legally boned. Forest Hump. Mm-hmm. 12 years a sex slave oh, oh no or ass oh, ventura no. crack detective uh, uh, 12 years just because that's like that hurts that my heart. i don't think anyone has that <laughs> poor taste oh oh no. ye of little faith you, <laughs> you, you <laughs> underestimate this world we live in 
<laughs> I'm going to say Tits a Wonderful Life just because that also kind of kills my soul a little bit okay. to think that somebody made that into a porn. Uh, what was the last one, Don? The last time? Uh, Ass Ventura Crack Detective. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too much not to vote for it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Tits a Wonderful Life. Tits a Wonder- We got two for Tits a Wonderful Life. And the correct what? answer is 12 Years of Sex. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess I can be okay with that. All right. Being the I just one. hate that as usual, Trevor's always right. The, the porn industry has some class. <laughs> we got two more. We got two more. <laughs> Moving from classic movies, mm. of course, horror movies are going to be parodied in porn because why not? Oh, naturally. Uh, so which of the following five is fake? Night of the Giving Head. <laughs> okay, that's solid. Porntergeist. <laughs> Jesus. Texas Vibrator Massacre. Oh, dear. <laughs> the Nightmare Before XXXmas. Solid. Or, Michael, call back. You wanted this earlier in the show. Raiders of the Lost Arse. Yay. <laughs> I. What was the second one again? I forgot. Uh, Porntergeist. Yeah, that's my favorite. I'm going to say yeah, Porntergeist. What was the, thir- the third one? Third yeah. one was Texas Vibrator Massacre. That's uh, what I want to pick. I want that one. Yeah, Jimmy. Okay, okay, okay. And the correct answer is Porntergeist. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Pull him back. Ouch. Incidentally, if you Google any of these, there are actually movie posters for all of them. <laughs> okay. And to end on a wholesome note, our family-friendly kids movies and show parodies. Oh, oh dear. Oh, no. Four of these are real. One of them is not. Dick and Morty. Okay. Poke you, man. Okay. Gag on Ball Z. Oh, oh boy. Tug rats. <laughs> oh. Oh, they're babies. Or inspect her gadget. Ouch. I have to say tug rats just because, like, ugh. All right, we've got one for tug rats. I'll go with tug rats. We got two for tug rats. Make I'm going to say three for tug rats. Gag on Ball Z. We got one for Gag on Ball <laughs> I even, Z. I, I'm so unplugged. I don't even know what that's parodying. Uh, I'm going to go with Trevor because I should listen to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. The correct answer. We've got three for Tug Rats. We've got two for Gag on Ball Z. Did anyone dare unseat Trevor as the king? The correct answer is Gag on Ball Z. Of oh, course. Nice. Oh, okay. Trevor is the king. Well done, sir. Yes. Well done. I, as I like well, to call it, the secret to my marriage. <laughs> Well, and don't forget, Tug Rats is a real thing if you want to go look at that. Oh, my gosh. Should be no, your, I not, do not. It is an adult cast, but one of them is wearing diapers. Should be your thumbnail. <laughs> so, Brad, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was a really delightful conversation. Um, if you guys want to check out Brad and Jim's podcast, it's the Movie Bears podcast. Uh, they're really fun. may even be making a cameo on their podcast coming up, but stay tuned for that. We're figuring out logistics at some point. How do we see your porn? How do we see your porn? <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Big Bear in Chaser, so the letter N, N uh, as well mm-hmm. as on Pornhub. Just search for Big Bear in Chaser. Guys, thanks so much for having us on. We had a blast. Um, you guys are so easy to talk to. This was wonderful. Yeah. So glad Thank to have you. you here. Thanks for coming. So thanks. if you guys, if our listeners out there mm-hmm. have any uh, suggestions for our guests or want to just share with us their favorite porn parodies, Trevor, where would they do that? <laughs> We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on uh, I, 
Apple. A- Apple. What are they? Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. A review, too. It's been a while since anyone's left one. Stitcher. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see the articles we referenced at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, maybe you're listening as you're in a a car that accommodates your your girth or your partner's Ooh. girth. Um, yeah. But there's a knock at the door and it's... um. It's Michael because it's always Michael in these scenarios, knock at the door. and he's uh he's gonna touch you. So, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> watch out, watch out, <laughs> super watch out. <laughs> <laughs>